This is Karen with NewClevelandRadio.net, and it is time for Avoid the Maze. And today my guest is Clinton Dye, and I read Clinton's bio on Podmatch.com, and I realized that um, I'm sure he has something in his story that many of you are going to relate to. Now, maybe it's not your journey, but maybe it's the journey of somebody else that you know, or maybe there's bits and pieces in this that you're going to go, aha, how did he get through all this? So when I read his bio, the first thing I, I read was um, his first traumatic event in his life was at the age of five. And when I try to think back, who was I at the age of five and what do I remember from that date? Um, not a lot comes to mind, but if it's traumatic, I'm sure it is there in the brain. So Clinton, welcome to Avoid the Maze. Um, and we're glad that you're going to share your journey with us because it's about time those of us in the community start understanding that as much as we are different, we still are very much alike. So welcome. Oh, thank you. For, thank you so much. And uh, I agree with you 100%. We look different. We sound different. Uh, we have di different ethnic backgrounds and origins. But on the inside, 99.9% .9 of all people have the same fundamental loves of life. They love share their heart. They love to share food and their stories and their culture. I've been to 37 countries and from experience, I know that all people share those same things regardless of where on the planet they come from. So that's 100% true. So tell our listeners what actually happened when you were five years old that um, it really has been traumatic throughout your life. Yeah, trauma is, you know, one of those things you, you'd love to avoid, but it also can help you. So I look at it from a positive lens, not a negative. So it's a part of me like scars, but it doesn't define you. It just makes you a little stronger over time. So my first experience in life was, you know, trial by fire, if you will. And not to allude to my military background, but my life started in a war zone from the beginning. So both my parents were alcoholics and drug addicts, originally from California. They transitioned to Houston, Texas. So I grew up uh, extremely poor. So trailer park kid. My mother was a bartender. My father was a plumber. And both of them were addicts. Um, so very early, there was a lot of violence in the house. Now, one event, when I was five years old, my father is looking for money or drugs. My mother is a cash, mostly cash industry as a bartender and, you know, shaking her down, slapping her around, beating on her in the back room. And she just, you know, had enough, you know, and of course, you know, you're a little kid, you hear a hustle, a bustle, you, you go to see what's going on you're out of curiosity and a little bit of fear, you know, screaming, yelling, you know, all this stuff, furniture being tossed around. And, um, she had enough. And she pulled out a 38 and shot that guy in his chest, uh, point blank. 
Now, fortunately, it went right, right through, uh, but those left marks on me from the very beginning that I just couldn't shake off my whole life. And that's where my story starts. So when this all happened, are you the only child in the family? Do you have other family members that are there to help you and support you through this? Not really. I don't, I don't remember that. So I have an older sister and she was out of the house. So from a different father, and then I have a younger brother. Um, he's 10 years younger than me. So he came many years after this sure. event. Then my sister was already out of the house. So it was a one bedroom, uh, one bedroom place and with a living room, kitchenette, whatever. I don't really remember the kitchen whatsoever, <laughs> but I do remember the living room and uh, the couch, the color of the couch, and it, it had another bedroom. So this event happened internal. So it was just him, my mother, and myself. Wow. A lot for a five-year-old to have to take in. Um, and prior to this, you said there was violence between the two of them, but probably you didn't understand it either. You know, maybe you thought this was normal conversation between a mother and a father, uh, because whatever we get used to is what we think is the norm. Oh, 100%. So that would have been normal to me. I wouldn't have had a, I, at the time, I wouldn't have had awareness that there was a world outside of this. So um, what seems horrific and highly traumatic on the outside for people that might not have lived in this environment, this is the environment I lived in and it was very normal. So your trauma or stressors elevates whatever normal is. You can be in a, a Buddhist temple you can be in a combat zone. Um, and then, you know, the movies have that where you'll see the kid kicking the soccer ball and there's tanks rolling through and bombs dropping and they don't even flinch an inch because yep. that's normal for them. Absolutely. But as you got older, you decided to go into the Marine Corps. So what was, what was that drawing factor? <laughs> so... I went down that path, uh, a destructive path from a young age into my high school years. So that environment left stains on my behavior over time. You just, uh, you are a product of your environment. That doesn't mean you're stuck there, but the likelihood that you're going to repeat what you've been taught is really high. Right. Now, my dad eventually cleaned up. Uh, I went to live with him. He moved out of Houston into Austin and I got into organized sports I was still using drugs and alcohol at a very young age to deal with just trauma from my childhood and sort of escape reality. And it didn't help me very much. Uh, a little bit of interactions with the law, which was far too great for me to sustain. And it was I was only going to end up in one or two places, eventually dead or eventually in prison. So I avoided all those things, fortunately. And I hit an event that forced me to become an adult, be a man, and kind of step, take one large step in the direction of changing my life. And I had an unplanned pregnancy at the time with my ex-wife, wife at that time. Um, and then we started, that clicked in my head. I needed to make some changes for someone other than me, this young human that was gonna quickly be introduced into the world I had to take care of. And I was entirely 
unprepared to manage the fatherhood at 19 years old. So like uh, uh, I should have, I needed to change my ways. So one of the best ways was get into the military. So combined with the legal interactions in this, this unplanned pregnancy, I decided to look into the military services. When all the services, Army, the Navy, the Air Force, and the Marines, the only service that wasn't interested in offering anything at the individual benefit, you know, one says education, one says I have a nice white uniform, another one says, you know, we can station you all over the world. So they're selling their service for sure. something they can give you. And, you know, and I go to the Marines last because I don't know anything about the military. I, I'm, we're not, we weren't patriots in the family. Uh, patriots of Texas and barbecue, but we weren't patriots of the military because my parents were hippies from uh, Southern California. So that's, you know, oil and water. So we just didn't do that. Um, so I go to the Marine Corps and they have nothing to offer because I asked, I said, what do you have to offer me? And, you know, this ginormous Marine, six foot, swole, V, taper V shape, you know, uniforms just completely pressed and ironed, square jaw, just a picture perfect vision of a scary dominating Marine guy. Towers over his desk, gets up like he's bothered, right? Gets up, says, hey, young man, we don't, we don't do that here. You offer the Marine Corps something. The flyers are on the desk, grab one on the way out. And he goes back, sits down at his desk, just goes back to typing, hunting, and pecking on his keyboard. You know, it blew my mind. I was like, the balls on this guy, the ego. And they were all scary, scary looking, tatted up, you know, pretty muscular, all squared away guys. And I was just a, a young kid, you know, 19 years old. I was a child in adult skin. Sure. So that made, that started my journey. I, I went back the very next day to tell me everything. And in three weeks, I took the trip out to San Diego in MCRD San Diego. And I stood on these yellow footprints and boy, did my world change fast. Well, they say that if you want to become a man overnight, you join the Marines. <laughs> um, and obviously you're admitting to that. Um, and the Marines took you to various places. Uh, it, it sounds like you had a number of combat tours as well. Um, how did that affect your earlier childhood trauma? Because I would think being in combat might, you know, PS, you know, post-traumatic. <laughs> Maybe a little bit of trigger there, right? Yeah. So oddly, what you learn from your training is suppression. So they do things, the conditioning of the way the Marine Corps and other services condition the mind and the body is quite unique. And they just sort of rewire who you are really quickly, you know, sleep deprivation, lots of physical activity, lots of structure all day, every day. So kind of one portion of your life just disintegrates as you're sucking in this new uh, mindset from the military. It's definitely mental conditioning for sure. So you adopt a completely different way of looking at the world in alignment with that service. 
And that service's entire job is to go out and destroy the enemy, whatever the enemy that is, foreign or domestic. So in, in the embodiment of that mindset, I really adopted that warrior mindset fairly quickly, as most all Marines or recruits in any service do. And I got proficient and I didn't have knowledge. I didn't have awareness that my prior trauma was seeping into my everyday behavior and lifestyle. The Marine Corps exacerbated a lot of the toxic traits I have and just kind of unleashed um, the internal storm, if you will, from that trauma and everything that my life had had amounted to. It gave me an outlet to where I could release that on humanity, good, bad, or ugly. Um, I could focus all that rage and bottled up attention and energy towards uh, a perceived enemy. So obviously you joined the Marines when uh, you're expecting a child, but you need to, as we'd like to say today, uh, adult it. And you went and obviously uh, got your adult certification of some sort. I did. What was it like being away, trying to groom yourself to be that providing dad? Um, well, the child is being born and uh, going through all these milestones without you. Yeah, my poor daughter. Um, so the record gives you a family second. So you have one job, and that's to go out and do the bidding of United States government. So that tour, that that enlistment that I had over the nine years active duty took me overseas for four tours, both invasions, one in Afghanistan, one in Iraq, and then two follow-on uh, tours back out overseas. So you're bouncing between the stressors of combat with controlling uh, weapon systems on target, dropping bombs, you know, there's, you know, bombs that and artillery that get close to you. It's close enough to feel, right? I, I've never been in a situation where a bomb blew up on top of me or anything crazy like that. Um, but we've been close. And you can, you know, there's there's some residual PTSD where, you know, the earth is shaking. And every moment of every day, you're not sure if this is the time it's going to shake you. And then there's no more. So bouncing between the stressors of combat and war, and then bringing that back home, the uh, the PTSD and the combat stressors definitely seeps into the household. Now, there was no violence in this household because, you know, I've never been in a domestic violence event for myself as, a, as an adult. However, the behavioral challenges uh, moving between two worlds is very, very difficult. So I have you know a young daughter, very sensitive, very loving, very good, and then I'm bouncing back and forth between combat zones, and it takes a while to reassimilate into a society. So I believe um, one of the one of the recent uh, movies about um, Chris Kyle, right? It displays pretty well his transition between combat and how PTSD started to affect his health is mentality and he couldn't he was kind of stuck in that combat zone he was starting to lose presence in in the now on everything that was important and that's that's a pretty good uh indicator of how it really is for a large majority of 
the veterans that come back from overseas, any service, it just takes a while to integrate. And some have a problem integrating at all uh, because they sometimes have family and friends uh, who like to say, oh, just get over it. Or, oh, you can do this when you really are not in that moment able to do something. Um, you know, we watch all these yeah. uh, wonderful, you know, sobbing stories on TV, dad surprises um, his kids at school and he shows up and kids aren't expecting him and everybody is rah, rah. And dad's happy to see his kids. His kids are happy to see him. But you know what? Dad just stepped off a plane or a boat or something and half of his brain is still in combat. And that's right. got to be tough. It's super tough. And, they're, you know, they, the services have gotten smarter over the years on how to mitigate that. But one of the things that I noticed is, and this isn't really congruent, congruent with any uh, relationship whatsoever, is that you're coming between two environments. The partner that's left here in the real world executing while you're gone is just so interested to get your help and get your time and get your attention and get their partner back. However, they don't understand is that, the person that's coming from a completely different environment has to reintegrate and, and they're just not psychologically ready. I remember having difficulty driving the car, right? Cause you're not used to those things. Sure. So the pace is very different. You know, your, your food is pretty much prepared for you. Water, those kinds of things. Like you don't have to clean, you, you, you're showering with a water bottle or something crazy. So it's, very different. It's kind of like camping. So you're going from a camping environment that's fairly focused and routine day in, day out, right? With, you know, the dynamics of combat. And then you get introduced into something like driving a car where everybody's going 65, 75, 80 miles an hour. I remember doing 40 and just being like psychologically uh, overwhelmed by the cars passing me. And I, and I had to pull over like, I can't drive. Like I'm going to get home, I think. And uh, you're just going to have to drive me where to like get used to the pace of this world. And it takes, you know, probably a week or two to reintegrate into just the, the different stressors. They're not, they're not dangerous and they're not crazy. There's day-to-day life, but it takes a human a while to adjust. Absolutely. So now you have this experience, you're out of the Marines um, and you decide that you want to help other people. Um, and you know what I'm finding interesting is that over the last five, 10 years, um, it's people like you and I who have gone through something and we've decided that we need to heal ourselves. And part of that healing is sharing our story and listening to other people because somebody else doesn't want to listen to them. And yeah, I know 100%. as a podcaster, that's what I do as a blogger um, and as a coach advocate. And I've had some people say to me, but Karen, why are you sharing all your personal things out there? And it's like, so you can understand where I'm coming from. And that's exactly what I saw in your bio. You're sharing yeah. things that I remember growing up, my mother would say, what happens in the house happens in the house. And 
luckily I did not come from an abusive family in any way. But, you know, if I dare say anything that happened in the house, um, that my father raised his voice or my mother cried over something, um, it, it just wasn't acceptable. Today, it's different. Yeah. We need to talk about these things. So, For sure. did, yeah. So how did you trans transfer into this um, podcast or coach uh, su <laughs> support hero? So it, it wasn't overnight. So between the military and pretty much 2022, um, I sort of regressed. I got I got a bachelor's degree in software engineering, a master's degree in software engineering, and then started a PhD. And then life continued, but I was still managing that PTSD problem. And it, as you get older, uh, maybe it's not, maybe there's something medically related, but as I got older, the inability to sort of suppress and forget those things started to seep into my world right? In a negative way. So my life started to stagnate. I started to use drug and alcohol to manage life. I was still physically active, hitting the gym and those things, but my behavior really regressed. So I struggled with relationships. You know, I obviously had mother issues since my mother and my father weren't together and I didn't grow up with my mother. So I had a hard time opening up in relationship and giving my heart out to someone so that I, I, I was fearful of getting hurt. You know, I was hurt, not hard. So that was it. I was a hard man, but I was actually just a hurt guy on the inside and I wouldn't give my heart. So I learned something, you know, when that woman left me in uh, 2022, she just abandoned the city, sent me a text and that was it. And uh, she said, I don't know where you fit in my life. And I remember that. And I was like, no shit. That's that's good that you pointed that out. <laughs> a phone call and maybe a hug would have been really beneficial. So um, this was pretty serious. And, and for me, that was the first woman in a long time that I'd really opened up my heart. And I was ready to go for all the steps after that. So it just ended so quickly. Um, then I had to search my soul on the inside and understand what was going on with me. So I spent all of 2002 uh, self-reflecting and seeking out knowledge from industry coaches and following big people in the industry that are on the radio and, you know, humongous personalities trying to understand what I was missing as a very successful adult man um, a little bit intelligent and a little bit healthy. What was I missing in my life that I needed to work on? And I got the answer. I got the answer a lot quicker than I would have ever imagined is that uh, you need to develop a healthy process to manage your life stress. So I was using toxic things to manage toxic energy, right? We will go down the rabbit hole of positive and negative energy too much, but there's a connection there. Just right. like in electricity, there's a positive and negative. There's a mental positive and negative. And if you're doing negative things to manage a negative mental state, you're going to get negative results mathematically guaranteed. So switch the narrative and start introducing positive behaviors to manage the negative toxicity in your life, that negative energy. And eventually 
you develop such a routine and a system step-by-step step, is that you can silence that negative energy. And anytime negative energy comes up, you can squash it down quickly and return back to your optimal uh, enlightened self, if you will. Right. And I am not floating above ground like the rest of the humans, but like all people, you should be on a journey to reach the pinnacle of your genetic and mental ability all Absolutely. the time, every day. So I started that process and it took me most of the year and I start, I was very unhappy in my job and I had a very good job. It just didn't excite me anymore. As the Afghanistan war closed down, it was time for me to transition out of the combat mind that that process, those 20 years that I spent in the defense industry, 355 weeks of my adult life in a combat zone was time for me to move past that environment and rewrite the next chapter of my life. I'm still at war, but my war isn't on the battlefield. My war is sharing my stories to inspire people to be better since I've been through so much. And I was able to hit highs and hit lows relatively quickly from a child that came from trauma that grew up poor. Uh, I've reached a fairly high level of success, you know, top 5% of society right now. And, and it doesn't look like it's slowing down. So it is my duty uh, for self-recovery as a, as a human that's caused so much damage on the planet through 20 years of warfare that I owe all of humanity my story and the processes that I applied in my life to go from broke to rich, from fat to fit, from PTSD, alcohol, drug using uh, veteran to clean, sober in every aspect of my life is hitting on all cylinders it is a rocket ship right now and is this is something that you had to decide to do and take the yes. steps um for the first 50 years of my life um i was constantly trying to make everybody else happy because if i did for them i believed it was going to help me and sometimes it did but for the most part it didn't because I was neglecting what I needed. Um, and that's when I started realizing that um, even though I thought I was doing things in a positive way, um, I was reaping the negative out of it. And so the first year or so after that, I kept turning to people, my parents, my brothers, my husband, my kids, my neighbors to say, hey, Karen, this is how to do it. And nobody offered that to me. Um, right. And so I had to take the step because when I looked in the mirror in the morning, that's not who I wanted to see. I wanted to see somebody who could go through the maze, hit a wall and say, oh, this is what I just learned and bounce back and keep going. And that's what it sounds like you chose to do that, you know what, as I tell my story, I may, I may hit the wall in the maze. And, <laughs> but I know how to step back, look at it and take another direction. Right. So I adopted 
a unique concept that I learned in the military. So um, my one of my first leaders, um, Sergeant McClendon, had this great quote of where he describes combat. It, it's this short. Making zero decisions is the only mistake you can ever make in combat. Life is very similar. So the only mistake that you can ever make is no decision. So if the goal of life is to iterate through your failures as fast and as painless as possible, micro failures, right? Everybody fails. I don't live a perfect life and I don't have a perfect process. But what I do is I purposefully try to reach failure. My personal failure is often and as quick as possible so that I can learn, adapt, and apply what I learn to the next section of life. All day, every day, this is what I do. I do this in business. I do this in my physical fitness. I do this in my rituals, how I meditate and reflect and learn. I am trying purposefully to reach my, my failure point and step over the line as often as humanly possible so that I can force growth. Without adversity, you can't possibly grow. It doesn't exist. And my life stagnated the moment I started chasing those vices, those next that next dopamine, the next pleasure. That's when my life stopped because I refused to challenge myself. I was looking for comfort, not discomfort. Right. So in my process, in my journey, I learned that I found pleasure in the discomfort and the process of growth. And I was only ever trying to be better than yesterday. And once I pieced that together, not all my concepts I didn't create this. I'm no mastermind. These are all just things that they've been saying for the last 2000 years. Just be the best person you can possibly be today. You know what you messed up on. I'm just holding myself accountable and then trying to be better right this moment. And that is extremely effective. And it's not trying to be the next guy or the next no. woman. It's being who you are. Um, That's and right. A lot of, and a lot of us struggle with that because we keep hearing about, oh, you know, he's so successful. Why aren't you like him? Or, and you know, I heard this growing up with two older brothers. Um, my parents really wanted, you know, my brothers probably to become doctors and or attorneys. They wanted me to become a teacher. None of us filled their dream. My older brother became a teacher, then a headmaster of a school. My uh, next oldest brother, uh, he went into the music industry and I went into communications. And all three of us, my parents looked at us and said, you don't have this right. But I think all three of us proved to them we did because we were doing what made us feel good. And we were wow. learning through our mistakes. Um, and I certainly did when it took me, um, let's see, I graduated High school in 1968, and it wasn't until nine, 2008 that I decided to complete my college degree because I was ready at that point. Yeah. I wasn't ready when I graduated high school and went to college, but I certainly was ready 40 years later 
when I looked in the mirror and said, I want to know more. And this is what I want to do. And that's what it sounds like you did as well. But you had to get rid of the alcohol. You had to get rid of the drugs. I did. You knew that was I did. causing. Yep. I figured it out with the help. So I, I hired a mentor. I, I followed those people and I got as far as I could on my own. And I needed a little extra push. Um, when I always suggest someone get a mentor because they're on the outside of the problem looking in. So like most problems, uh, one of the skills that is very powerful is detachment, which is looking from any situation from the outside. And it's really difficult to master this. Now in warfare, this was something I used all the time, but in this situation, I needed an external expert, if you will, to look harshly at my life and say the things that I might not be saying to myself because it's so hard to see through the fog of your own problems. And that's exactly what I did. I hired the best guy that I resonated with. And this dude would call me on my, call me on my bullshit, hold me accountable. And most of all, forced me to hold myself accountable. Not really forced. He didn't put a gun to my head or anything crazy, crazy like that. But he used words that were very pointed and would just call me out. So we had a couple meetings and, you know, after a few meetings, you know, I just was taking notes. It was all recorded. And I, I just listened to him and said, you know, this guy's right. I'm being a soft wimp of a man. And I need to take one giant step back in the direction of um, who I really was. You know, I was a warrior and I'd done all these great things, but you know, I'd allowed my, my body and my mind and my soul to atrophy. So I got to work and I just went all in. I used a concept called burn the boats. So there's this, I've heard it before. Essentially, if you want to take the beach, you have to commit. You, and, and death is the thing that's in the way of the commitment. Most people are some form afraid of death. You have to embrace death and you just have to go forth and conquer and one of the ways to do that is force yourself into a situation where there's no way out. So I started to adopt the mindset that uh, exercise and nutrition were the same as breathing. They were not they were not negotiable. And these forms of toxicity that I was tra chasing, alcohol, drugs, uh, women, uh, good times, uh, parties, all that kind of stuff, food, these were all like, negative, had become negative. So I needed to focus my life in a way that silenced those distractions and just start putting my energy into developing myself, uh, rewriting who I was and sort of unleashing the full potential of the human spirit. And that's exactly what I did. So first time I went into the gym and no joke, I was in the gym for four fucking minutes. I walked in, I touched some weights. <laughs> I think I did one or two sets really quickly i'm like i'm good i'm out this fucking sucks and then went back because everything hurts you know as you're older and you're moving uh inflammation in the diet the mental inflammation all that stuff was in the way and i just started chipping away at it and just like my company slogan is you know right now is always the time that you should be executing it's not tomorrow and it's not in the past it's today so i just adopted incremental improvements one inch better today and i logged it and i would sit i would log was in the gym for four minutes 
you know this isn't going to get you where you want to go, but it's the first step. And then the next day it was four minutes and 30 seconds. And then the next day it was five. And I just tracked, methodically tracked my progress as an adult. And I did that with business. I did that with my goals. I did that with my relationships. I did that with everything. I was journaling every day and the pillars that I needed to rebuild and execute effectively as an adult. And it happened so fast. Um, it made my head spin. <laughs> well, when we make that decision for ourselves, um, oftentimes the positive results continue. It's when you are doing it to please somebody else or somebody else is sort of pushing you uh, right. to go across that finish line. So, Clint, how can our listeners find you? Because you are so dynamic. There is going to be somebody out there <laughs> who says, I either need Clint as a mentor, I need him as a coach, or I really just want to understand this just a little bit more. So how can they find you? Yeah, that's pretty easy. So anybody in the world at any time can get on Instagram. It's a major platform. I don't know if you've heard about it, but it's out there. You get on Instagram and you just type in San Diego, like the city, underscore Clinton and the number one. And you can find me. You'll see the, the best looking bald guy with a beard you've ever seen. It's undeniable. Send me a message and we can get started pretty quickly. I, I'm on there all day. It's me that messages back. There's not a machine or uh, my assistant or anything. It's all me. So any message you get is me. Any program that you get is me. Anytime you talk with someone, it's me. So I'm here all day, every day to help uh, people in need, whatever situation that's going on in their world that they think um, they resonate with my, my process and that I can help them. I definitely will. I keep no secrets from anybody. And as Clinton said, um, it starts now. It's not what you did yesterday and it's not what you're going to do tomorrow. Um, and I love that feeling because of uh, the last 15 years, that's how I've been living my life. Not, not in regret. Uh, okay. So yesterday uh, I ate a half a bag of cookies. Well, you know what? That was yesterday. And today right. I'm working out and I, you know, I'm back <laughs> on, on track. You're not going to be perfect 24 seven. And no. you know what? That's okay because you learn something from it. And one of the things I, I learned about two weeks ago is if I eat too much sugar, I really get sick. And who wants to feel sick? So, <laughs> you know, yeah, sh sugar's the worst <laughs> drug. It's the most accepted. Uh, we need, we sugar is not a requirement of life yeah. so there's other nutrients you do require like protein maybe some fat to metabolize vitamins but sugar is not in the equation of macronutrient macro required macronutrients there's lots of benefits for consuming uh carbohydrates uh but but the, the caveat <laughs> it is not required you can right. live a long healthy and full life absent sugar and uh, reducing the sugar can help with a lot of things, uh, inflammation. There's a lot of benefits of having a lower sugar diet. Yeah. So, I mean, one of the things I really learned was um, if I really want to feel like I've got the flu or something, uh, go ahead, eat that, <laughs> th eat those cookies, but um, that's not how you eat want those to cookies. Feel. Yeah. <laughs> 
I want to thank you. No, so no, no, no. You're right. Yeah. I want to thank you for joining us. Um, continue success. Uh, it's just amazing where you started and where you are today. And uh, the world is big and wide open for you to continue forward. <laughs> I agree. Thank you so much for having me on. I view the world as it's limitless. You're only limited by your mind and your dreams. You Get to work and understand that there are no limits for the human spirit. You are uncapped. You just have to believe that and it will happen if you go and do. So always go and do, no matter what your situation is, you can change it in a blink of an eye and shock the people in your world in a very short amount of time. So never forget that, please. Again, have a great day and we hopefully will have you on again soon. Take care now. Thank you. Thank you so much. Sure. Bye-bye.